Is it on? Welcome to the Shant Show with your hosts, Curtis, Josh, Mario, and Jordan. Welcome into another edition of the Shant Show. We come to you tonight with a little bit of a different episode. This is our mid-season review. Coastal Carolina is coming off of a bye week. We've had some time to look back and reflect on the season that has been, and we're going to kind of break it down. We're going to go back to elementary school, gentlemen, and we are going to give a report card to the Coastal Carolina Shawnee football team, breaking it down by position group. There have been some disappointments. There have been some stars. There have been some things that have surprised us. Let's start with one of the biggest surprises of all. We'll start with the wide receiver room. This is a room that was decimated by graduations and departures and to a certain extent injuries. Brayden Bennett, I know, is technically a running back, but that guy caught a lot of balls out of the backfield. And we came into the season with a lot of question marks. Sam Pinckney comes in and proves that he is who he is, and he's real good. Jared Brown comes in, and he's really, really good, too. And, you know, there's a couple of other guys. Tyler Roberts steps up when he needs to. The wide receivers, we'll start there. Josh, how do you feel about that group right now? And give me your grade. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be the highest grade that I give a group. It's going to be A+. plus because of how much they exceeded my expectations. Like you said, Tyler Roberts is coming in. He had a huge touchdown last week. I mean, it was basically garbage times in the fourth quarter, but that guy's been able to step up. Sam Pickney, he's been the big number one receiver we've needed, 623 yards. And Jared Brown, I mean, that's the guy that they just put on the midseason All-American watch list, a guy that had one catch all of last year. He's really stepped up at 565 yards, five touchdowns and 20.2 yards per catch. Like you said, the receivers have been incredible. And yeah, no Braden Bennett, no Aaron Bedgood, which is, he's really a hybrid type guy, receiver, running back. I don't know why he's listed as a running back, but with everything that they've had thrown at them, the receivers unit is the, probably the best on this team, undoubtedly. And they're one of the best receiver groups in the country. So I got to give them all the credit in the world for that. Yeah, I'm going to also give them the A+. Plus. I feel like, you know, this group has really come in and stepped up in a big way. We've lost a lot of talent um, wideout-wise um, from last season, and they've really just picked up the the pace a little bit. I think that, you know, Sam Pinckney, although he's had just one touchdown this year, has, you know, stepped up in so many ways this season. Um, he's almost at 700 yards receiving, so that's a really good to see that out of him coming in at, after transferring in from Georgia state. Um, Jared Brown has really been a surprise wide receiver of them all. Really. We didn't expect him to have a breakout season like he's had. And he's leading all receivers with five touchdowns this season. Um, You know, you got to give Tyson Mobley a little bit of credit as well. He's got three touchdowns on the season and, you know, Tyler Roberts, I'm really happy for that guy. You know, if any, if anything else, if nobody else on this podcast is happy for him, like I'm, I'm extremely happy and proud of this guy. You know, the hard work he's put in. You know, getting a scholarship. You know, right before the season starts, and you know he's just been out here making plays, and I, I'm really glad to see him do, going out there and doing his thing. So I'm really happy for this wide receiving group. 
They're going to need to continue to make plays. We got about, what, five more weeks left in the season, regular season, and potentially, you know, a Sunbelt championship if we can get there. But we got a lot more out of the, we can see we're going to see a lot more out of this receiving core group as as we need to. But man, this group has really just surprised me, and I'm looking forward to seeing what more big plays this, this group can make going towards the end of the season. Yeah, I'm going to give them I'm I'm going to give them an A. Um, I was like really thinking about it. I I, I mean I wouldn't go as like, far as like A plus, and that's no disrespect to them, but this group has been absolutely reliable. You know, like even games where like we got blown out or even games where like, you know, it didn't seem too pretty. This receiver group group was reliable. We talked about Sam Pickney and how great he is. And this is what we expected out of him. Jared Brown came in out of nowhere and was a surprise when in the beginning of the year, we thought it would have been Tyson Mobley. Even Tyson Mobley has been doing great. So we do got those two guys on the outside. We do have good slot guys. Tyler Roberts, like Jordan said, has been making plays. There has been times though, like in the first half, where like where like those receivers ended up getting like kind of like you know a little bit of trouble, and um, overall, like there have been times in the first half where it's been like a little stagnant, or other times during the game. But this team has been this this wide receiver group has been reliable. I just give them I, I give them an A. That's no disrespect to them. Um, it's really hard to get an A plus for me to give somebody an A plus would mean like I can't pick at anything that you did like nothing. But um, overall, this this receiver group in my opinion, may be the best group on our team by far. So I'll give them the A. Yeah, I'm going to go with A as well. Um, I think that this group is spectacular and far above what we expected. Uh, I'd counter your argument a little bit there, Mario, with the fact that I think our offense is struggling with play calling. I think for some reason we've decided that we should rush the ball for 300 yards every game, and we're going to do that and die trying. And I think if we had trusted our wide receiver core and look at what they've done, I think we should be calling more pass plays and we should be willing to ditch the run game when it's not working. Oh, yeah, and, and I, I agree. And, and on top of that, like that's not really like – it's something that may not even be there for it. Is it affecting them and probably the group that we're giving? Yes, but like you, you mentioned it too, like – earlier in the year we wish they go deep more and they and like there's games where we just don't see them go deep and for that too like I would have to give them an A but this team if you give them the options that they need they will this receiving group can definitely be an A plus for me yeah and and I I think that's totally valid the only reason I'm docking a little bit of points this team this wide receiver group more specifically has been a little bit what's the best they haven't been great at run blocking um, there have been a couple of times where we've broken through the line of scrimmage and got into the secondary and Tyson Mobley has lost his guy and Pinckney has lost his guy and it's you know it's it's disheartening because last year were they the best wide receiver group? No, but they did everything with a hundred percent effort and they did everything well enough that it worked. You know, we we make fun of Greg Latushko coming in on third down and like running a five seven forty and playing wide receiver. But that dude, when he came in on third down, you can be damn sure that the linebacker, the safety, the corner he was blocking wasn't getting around him. And if he got the ball thrown at him, he was going to catch it. That's not a complaint against anyone else. That's me standing up for Greg Latusko a little bit here. But yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give them an A, and I think it's a well-deserved A, and I think that this group has a lot of potential to keep this season going in the direction that we think it can and lead towards a Sun Belt Championship appearance. We'll flip sides and stay kind of in the same area, the secondary. A group that came in the opposite of the wide receiver core. We had high, high hopes and expectations for the secondary. 
you know, we thought that Lance Boykin and DeJordan Strong and, and Jacob Prochet were going to be locked down corners on the outside, and you weren't going to get anything through the air. And that hasn't happened. We've been torn apart. We've made quarterbacks look like Tom Brady when they should look like, God, I don't know, P- take your poison of bad NFL quarterbacks. They should look like, you know, Jake Locker or Blaine Gabbard, and they look like Tom Brady. And now this core has a lot of questions when coming into the season. They had almost none. Jordan, where are you with the way the secondary is played, and what's the grade you've given them through this part of the season? Well, first off, I want to say, you know, when it was close to being report card time, I, I used to hide my report card from my parents. I just – let me just start out by saying that. But for this – um it's hard because we really got some dogs in this particular um, position. I really hate to be like this, but I'm going to have to give them a C, maybe a C minus if I had to. I won't give them a D because I feel like they've, they've passed in some other ways. But, you know, turnovers have really not been something this secondary has done well at. But, you know, Lance Boykin, I do give the nod to Lance Boykin. I do give the nod to the Jordan Strong and Jacob Prochet. Um, for, you know, some of the things they've done this season. You know, they've caused some turnovers and gotten some interceptions and things like that. But overall, like you said, we've been getting killed. Um, We've been getting killed, and it's been – we've been getting burnt. And it hasn't even been by a little bit. We've been getting built, burnt by a lot by some of these quarterbacks and, you know, how these wide receivers are getting open so bad so easily. Um, It's something we just got to work on. I don't know how we're going to fix it. I think the play calling – uh, Chad Stacks has got to do a lot better with some of the things he's done play calling wise. Um, we need to make more than one adjustment. You know, I keep, I'll keep saying it to the end of the season. We got to keep making more adjustments if need be, but this is really not a good second secondary that we have, but I'm optimistic. Things can change. I think this week that we didn't play during this bye week has helped out a little bit. So I think we can get back to being what we were, when the season um, first started, um, well, hopefully it can be better than that because it wasn't that good game one either. But hopefully the rest of the season we can see more improvements from this secondary because I feel like they haven't had their best game yet, and it's bound to come in the last six or seven weeks. I'd say five, six, seven weeks left. So um, definitely a C, C minus. They could be a lot better than this for sure. Yeah, I'm going to go and give them a C plus because I don't necessarily think that most of it's on them because other than the Army game, we haven't really given up too many huge plays downfield. It's been a lot of underneath stuff, and I think that's a product of the zone that we play. And, I mean, I really can't think of anybody really getting burned like that. And last week they did, although he still got 90 yards and a touchdown, they kept Allie Jennings kind of in check. I mean, that's about as good as anybody else has been able to do. And you see other quarterbacks, Kyle Van Treese threw for like 600 yards last week. I mean, there's no excuse for the Chandler Rogers one, but I think a lot of it boils down to coaching and a zone coverage that we run in terms of how many yards we're giving up. But And then the fact that eight interceptions so far this season, and most of those are in the first three, three, four games when we were leading the country in turnovers, we haven't really done anything since then in terms of the secondary interceptions. And I think like we've said, they have a ton of talent. They lost Dre Pickney, but Trey Pickney stepped up. It's so confusing. They're one letter off on their names. But 
He's got two interceptions. Jamar Brown is kind of like a hybrid nickel corner linebacker type. He's been really good when he plays. He provides a lot of energy. And then, like you mentioned, Jordan Strong and Boykin. Jordan Strong hasn't been playing every play. I don't really know. I have no idea what goes on with their rotation, but you feel Prochet in there, and he does great as well. So the talent is there. They have everything they could need talent-wise to be an A or an A-minus group right here, but – I think coupled with the coaching and the fact they haven't been as tight as they could be, it's going to have to be a C plus for me. Yeah. I'm like, I'm kind of like struggling to whether to give them like a 75 or a 76. I'll give them a C plus though. I, I give them that low C plus. And the reason the, the, for the, for the high praise about it is besides the old dominion game, when it was a close game, this coastal team shut it down. That, Perfect example is Georgia Southern, the way they shut it down. You go to the first game with Army when uh, Tavon Jacks had an interception. We talked about this defense being opportunistic. But in Curtis's defense, there's been times where, this, where these cornerbacks have not shown up. If you compare this this uh, secondary group to the one last year, I'm sorry, they're not touching them. Like, you're not touching Alex Spillum. You're not touching Enoch McConzo. The Jordan Strong of last year is a lot better, in my opinion, than the Jordan Strong this year. Um, but overall, I got to give them a C plus because even though there's been plays where we're like, what are you doing? There's also times where when it comes down to the moment, this defense will get it done in close games where it shouldn't be close. I agree, but they, but they somehow get it done. They'll do what they need to do to end this game to lock him down. Georgia uh, Southern was a perfect example. Army was a perfect example. They'll be opportunistic and they'll, and they'll secure the win for Coastal. So for that, I'll give them a 70, I'll give them a 76. If it was something like they have so many interceptions, but at the end of the games, they're just getting blown out or they're getting like they're just getting exploited in coverage, then they're not getting that C plus. They're getting this probably a C minus. They'll be lucky if they got a C. But because of how opportunistic they are and the clutch moments that they've had, I'll give them that 76. I'll give them a C plus. But I know they can be a lot better than this. I know for a fact there, there's a lot of guys on this team that I have like a lot of hopes for. Arnold. Um, if they give Manny Stokes more time, like more playing time, uh, I know the Jordan Strong can be as good as he was last year. I know Lance Boykin can be even better than he is. Prochet, Taven Jackson, like I know these guys can step up and do what they need to do. But until they show me that, they're getting a seventy-six. No, I, I agree with that. And and the big thing for me is that this is the most disappointing position group this team had. Coming in, we had A-plus expectations on this secondary. And we'll get to our coaching staff ratings later, but I want to echo some of the things that Josh said. I think it's a lot of our scheme. We know that Lance Boykin and Jordan Strong can lock these guys down, and we don't let them. We play seven yards off and drop back another 10 as soon as the ball is snapped just to prevent the 60-yard play over the top. And I don't know that that's necessary. I know that these guys can play, and I know that they can play incredibly well. However, we haven't let them do that, and therefore I'm going to give them a C-. Just because if you're going to play a system, you have to play that system well, and they haven't. Yes, the system has it flaw- has its flaws. Yes, the system isn't working the way it should. But at the same time, you should still be athletes enough, and you should still be talented enough, and we know it's there, we've seen it for the past two years, that you should be able to make something with it, and they just haven't. I mean... Hell, Gardner-Webb beat a Division II team, and they beat Robert Morris, who's probably the worst team in FCS this past week, and their quarterback looked like prime Peyton Manning against us. 
there's no excuses for that. You, the system was was screwed from the front. Yeah, sure. All right, I get that. But you can't do that. <laughs> Your natural talent has to show up at some point. So I'm going to give this group a C-. That being said, this is the group with the most room for improvement. It wouldn't surprise me if we did this at the end of the season and, and went back and gave our you know final after the bowl game you know summary of, of this and gave another report card if that secondary was an A or an A minus wouldn't surprise me in the in the least they have the most potential to improve and I think that they will they just they just have to they can't be as bad as they have been so far we'll move back to the other side of the ball and we'll go tight ends and running backs. We'll kind of combine them together a little bit. We'll give two separate grades, but we'll talk about them together just because they're the other skill groups. Running backs have been impressive. We came into the season expecting Aaron Bedgood, Braden Bennett, who we talked about as a wide receiver, kind of hybrid guy, uh, Reese White, and we got nothing, nothing, and nothing, and we're down to four, number four, C.J. Beasley, number five, Nick Balthazar, and number six, Hope. And it's like, this was a group that had all the talent in the world, and all that talent is on the sideline. And it's tough to be a good competitive group when that talent is on the sidelines. For the tight ends, they came in with super low expectations. Isaiah likely went fourth round to one of the best tight end using teams in the NFL in, in the Baltimore Ravens, and he's looked every bit the part, especially in preseason. I know preseason's a little wishy-washy. He hasn't really shown up in the regular season, but that just happens when you're behind Mark Andrews, who's one of the best tight ends in the league. He's going to be fine, and that's who Coastal had at that position last year. These guys that have come in behind him haven't really stepped up and haven't really been a focal point of the offense. Sure, there's a couple touchdowns here and there. Sure, there's a couple nice blocks here and there. But realistically, they're the most forgotten about group on this football team. Mario, running backs and tight ends, give me a grade. So, first of all, I kind of want to do it like a little separately with the running backs and tight ends. The running backs, I'm going to give them a B. And the reason why I'm going to give them a B is because, like you said, this the injuries that have been stacking up in that running back group have been crazy. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, we're talking about Braden Bennett. We're talking about Reese White. Bed good if you want to count him. Like these guys are sidelined. Like they ain't they're not playing. I don't know about technically like Reese White, but they, these guys are hurt. And so, like you said, we were down to Hope, uh, Balthazar, and CJ Beasley. CJ Beasley looks the part easily. Um, Balthazar and Hope have had their moments, and I think because of the depth, I gotta give them a B. Because this running back group, even though we're down to the fourth, fifth, and sixth, they have done their job into helping this coastal offense. Old Dominion is a different story. Old Dominion, they crumbled. But for the most part, they've done their job in helping this offense. It hasn't really been. There's been games where Grayson McCall didn't have to throw 300 yards. There's been games where he threw 175 and we still won because the running backs did a great job, such as, um, um, sorry, CJ Beasley. But for the most part, I got to give them a B just because of that depth. I really do trust this running back group. I really do think they could take those steps. That's why I'll give them the B. As far as the tight ends, I'm gonna give them like a I'll give them like a like a low B minus. And the reason why, because we gotta really look at these receivers that we got. There in my opinion, there really isn't like an opportunity for these tight ends to like step up and be Isaiah likely. You know what I'm saying? Like back when like Javon Hiley was like wide receiver number one, I'm gonna be real. I don't think I can remember the wide receiver number two. 
because our our receiver number one or number two was Isaiah Likely, like pick your poison. But because we have such a great receiving group, these tight ends really there hasn't been like one tight end that had to step up and be like, well, I got to get a thousand yards and ten TDs. There hasn't been like they didn't have to do that. But these tight ends, I do think there's they do their jobs decently well, and I do think that. When it comes down to it, they can make big plays. A guy who surprised me was Jenkins. I didn't even know who this guy was. None of us knew who he was. And then he goes in and he has three touchdowns. Um, Xavier Gravette, he's had his he's had his little moments. Um, so overall, like I do like this tight end group. Would I trust any of those guys to go problem to put up a thousand yards on the season with ten touchdowns and get drafted to the NFL in the fifth round? No, I don't expect you to have that same praises as they are likely but when it comes to doing their job i believe these tight ends do a decent job with that so because of that i'll give them a b minus i'll give the running backs a b yeah i mean the running backs in terms of like what we expected the production is what i've expected it hasn't been the guys producing that i would have expected to be producing with bennett out and reese white hasn't been the same since that two fumble game where he got benched and then hurt after that but C.J. Beasley, man, I mean, he's been carrying this unit. He's been stepping up. He's, what, the fourth, fifth-string guy going up and down with Balfazar as well. They've been carrying, and I'm not worried about running back on a given weekend. I'm not. And he can do everything once. And I don't even know that we need to be worried about, I guess, Reese White rotating back in. But obviously they're showing that they're giving credit to C.J. Beasley because they didn't bench him right away. He's still the starter over Reese White. And I don't really think that's a problem that we have to worry about at all. So I'll give it a B minus B. I mean, based on expectations, it'd be higher. And then moving on to tight end, only 20 receptions to the tight end unit this year. But like you said, Mario, they are very capable and courtesy to this too. They do what they're supposed to do. They're really good blockers, actually. All, th- all three of these guys, TJ Ivy gets in and block. He has no receptions on the year. He's out there somewhere. We know how talented he is. And the fact that he transferred here and hasn't played is a little weird as well. But this Jenkins kid also transferred from Jacksonville State. He's really good. And he was getting utilized a ton. Like almost all his stats are from the first couple games of the season. You think, oh, this is his group. And then he hasn't played much. They've been going with Xavier Crabette, who he's a hell of an athlete as well. He's a freak of nature. And they're good blockers. And they don't really try to use him too much in the receiving game. And I think that's just because there's more diverse weapons this year. There's more speedsters. And then the play calling hasn't been quite as creative. So, But in the run blocking game, they're huge. And part of the reason why C.J. Beasley has been able to do what he does. So I'm going to give the Titans a B-. minus. I mean, nothing outstanding, but they do their jobs. And I don't think we were expecting 1,000 yards out of this unit anyway. So, yeah, I'm going to give both of them in both units in the Bs. Uh, for me, with the running backs, I give them a B plus, only because you know we weren't really expecting to see much out of you know a fourth stringer and and CJ Beasley, and for him to come out and do what he's done, man, he has been very spectacular to watch um, for this running back group. So I, I definitely give them a B plus for him. Uh, we've had other guys step in and and be the be other catalysts for running backs alongside of. Um, CJ Beasley, but he's really been the guy that's been leading it. Reese White, you know, he's had a couple of games where he's fumbled some, but 
all in all, you know, running backs have played pretty well, and most of it you could give it to C.J. Beasley because of the way he's played. But, you know, B-plus, is I give it a good grade for that. Um, tight end-wise, I guess I'd give it a C, only because, you know, it's hard to try to match what Isaiah likely did the past two years at Coastal. And, you know, it's, you know, nobody, you know, Xavier Gravette, you know, I, I was expecting him to have – I was expecting him to have a, a breakout year, and he hasn't really gotten the ball. And you, could, I guess you could say play calling is one of the reasons for that as well. But, you know, him and uh, Jacob Jenkins, I guess those are the two best we, we have at tight end. So I guess, you know, C-wise, I guess I could give it to those two guys. But, you know, it was, like I said, it's hard to try to replace an Isaiah Likely, somebody who goes to the Baltimore Ravens in the fourth round. So um, they're doing their job, and that's the main thing, as well as the running backs are doing their job as well. So – I give the tight ends a C. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give the running backs a B-. minus. They've played well with what they have, and they've shown that they have the talent to do more. They're just... There's not anybody that stands out, if that makes sense. Like, C.J. Beasley's been great, and the Myrtle Hurdle will go down in Coastal Carolina history. But in terms of overall numbers and overall performances, I mean, there hasn't been really a breakout you know like oh this is our superstar running back and he's carrying the team i'm gonna go ahead and give them that grade tight ends are what they are like i said in the intro they're the most forgotten position group on this team they haven't shown up they haven't played spectacularly but again i don't think that's their fault I think they've done what they've been asked, just like you guys have said constantly through this segment. They've done what they've been asked. They haven't been asked to be Isaiah Likely because none of them are. That being said, I'm sure some of them are mid-level, you know, FBS group of five tight ends that can do some of the things that Isaiah Likely can do. They can be a deep threat down the seam. They can run a nice little out route and be an outlet for Grayson McCall when he's constantly under pressure. But... They haven't done that. They haven't shown that. They haven't played that. And it's kind of frustrating to see. So, middle of the road, C, C minus, I guess. But it's hard to grade. It's really hard to grade. Josh, you had something to add here. Yeah, I think think what you were trying to point out and what we're all kind of, I mean, kind of, we didn't grade him too highly, but kind of blindsided by the fact that C.J. Beasley's been able to do so well. But, yeah, like you said, you don't look at Coastal. Carolina right now and think oh we got to watch out for their run and we try to run the ball way too much I mean we average we tried to run the ball 42 times in the loss against Old Dominion couldn't really do anything nothing crazy at all but with like I said with CJ Beasley and that's it like our expectations for what is a good run unit I think have gone down a little bit but yeah you don't look at Coastal Carolina and worry much about stopping the run right now until we get at least Bennett back or we get a real dual-headed monster with White and Beasley. Right, and as far as the tight ends, I feel like there's, like, like the receiving part is half of it. I feel like the other part is the blocking. And like Josh said, this tight end group, they do a good job at that. They do a good job at blocking. They do a good job at creating holes for guys like C.J. Beasley and, and things like that. So when I really like look at that, it's kind of like if a new cornerback comes in and we're like, you need to replace Darrell Rebus. Like, he's never going to get that A because Darrell Rivas is a Hall of Famer. It's like saying, like, it's hard to put that expectation on him because Isaiah Likely was so good. 
He was insanely incredible. He's going to go down, I think, as one of the best, if not the best coastal player, like, of all time, in my opinion. He's on that list. So it's hard to, like, be like, well, you're not doing the same stuff as, like, Isaiah Likely. To your point, it's fair because they could be deep threats. They could go and grab 20-yard catches and stuff like that. And this coaching system is not set up for them to do that. But when it comes to the second part of, like, a tight end, which is the blocking, I think they do that art extremely well. And for that, I think it makes up for that. That's why I'll give them that B minus. Yeah, and and I don't necessarily think it's fair to compare these tight ends to Isaiah Likely, but just based off of their performances this year, they're just not there. They're just again, they're just forgotten. That's not to say they're bad. That's not to say they're good. You know, they're not the student that's you know throwing chairs through the wall, but they're also not the student that's getting hundreds on their tests. They're the student that sits in the middle of the class hangs out by himself and gets a C and goes home and is like, all right, cool, I did my job. That's what this tight end group is. But they could be that student that gets hundreds on their tests. They could be the student that, you know, is valedictorian. This group could be great. You see the talent. At least collectively. Yeah, it's there. And it's, again, we'll get to coaching staff later on, and I think you guys can see where that grade is headed from all of us. But this system just, it, it, they're doing their job in the system and they're not being allowed to showcase their talent. You know, it's like, it's like that uh, meme that you see when people are like, oh, IQ is, is this and it's so important. It's like, well, what's the test? If you're grading pe- a, a monkey on how he climbs a tree and you compare it to how a fish climbs a tree and that's your judgment, the fish is going to be stupid and the monkey's going to be a genius. And you can't grade these tight ends on the scale of Isaiah Likely. You can't do it because it's not fair to them. You're asking a fish to climb a tree, and it can't do it. But that's not to say this group can't be great. We'll stick with the offensive side of the ball. We'll head to probably the easiest position group to do. Quarterback. Big number 10, I piss teal. Mr. Shawneclair himself, Grayson McCall. Let's keep this one short and simple. I'm going to give my grade right away, A+. This guy's been phenomenal. This position group has been okay. I mean, Bryce Carpenter. Hell, Bryce Carpenter is just, hes he wants to get on the field. He's playing punt return just to get on the field. And, and like, he's on the kickoff team. And he, it's awesome to see that a guy that should be your backup quarterback is so desperate to play and is such a good athlete that you're just getting him on the field. Grayson McCall is that guy. He's fantastic. He's the best group of five quarterback in the country. I don't think there's anyone that's close to him. A plus, Josh, where are you at with this quarterback group? I mean, yeah, A plus as well. They Coastal Football put out a tweet earlier this week on the bye week, and it's he's like top fifteen or top ten in almost every measurable stat or analytic stat in the entire country. I mean, like you said, this kid's the best group of five player probably period right now, and he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. His stats could be even better if we threw the ball more. He's only thrown the ball 194 times in six, 70. I mean, what's there not to say about this guy that hasn't already been said? He's even with all the NIL stuff he did this past summer, he hasn't, nothing's changed. He's probably going to throw for 4,000 yards this year. He, he'll at least be close with a bowl game and everything. But yeah, I mean, this team can attribute a lot of its wins this season to Grayson McCall. He's a hell of a leader, and, I mean, we'll get to see showcase here the second half of the schedule just how good he is, but, 
I mean, our confidence has never been higher in him. And yeah, this is the easiest position to do. A plus. A plus, no question about it. 10 is one of the best I've ever seen play in person. And, you know, it just speaks to, you know, greatness. I, I talked about how great he was a couple of weeks ago, but it just speaks volume to how great he is. And, you know, he he's always going to try to do everything he can to win the game. Um, you know, Coastal Football put a put a picture up like mid October, and they had like it said the three the top three QB ones in Coastal Football history, and they had they had Tyler Thigpen, who was the very first quarterback at Coastal ever had, Alex Ross, and then they had ten there, Grayson McCall. That speaks volume in itself. So you know, Grayson's great. You know, Jared Guest. You know, he had a rushing touchdown against Georgia State. I still remember him bowling in getting. You know, man had his Wheaties that day for breakfast. And Bryce Carr has had big games for us also uh, for against Georgia Southern. I can remember that one game he played in the rain for that one. So, um, yeah, A-plus all around. And even if, you know, I'm not saying Grayson would get injured, but if there was ever a time he did, does get injured, I would still have a lot of confidence in the backup. So, A-plus with this group all the way. I'm going to go A. I'll be, the dev- I'll be the devil's advocate. I'm going to go A. I'll tell you why. We're judging it based off of group. We're judging on Grayson McCall, A+, plus, no doubt. We're judging this on a group. Okay, now here's the thing. Here's what I wonder. We're in halfway through the season. I'll knock on wood because I don't want anything happening to Grayson McCall. We've talked about it before. We got to see what happens with this entire program when Grayson McCall leaves. We have to see what kind of world spin this whole entire program is going to be. When Grayson McCall leaves, do you? Like, here's my question. Okay, we have been an 11-1, 10-2 team for the past three years. Do you expect Jared Guest or Bryce Carpenter or one of those guys? I don't think Bryce Carpenter is going to stay, but Jared Guest may be the next guy. Or um, help me out here. Uh, uh, Lyles is another quarterback, correct? If I'm, if I'm correct about that, he's a running back now. It's it's, it's going to be Bryce Archie's show because Guest is going to be gone okay. eligibility wise, and Bryce Carpenter is also gone eligible. None of those guys are the quarterbacks next season. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna give. I'm not saying like. Jared Guest can't can't take this team eleven and one and ten and two or whatever, but I it's because of the uncertainty after Grayson McCall. A lot of these teams that I give A plus grades to as quarterbacks, it's because I know that once that quarterback leaves and the next one comes in, that next one can take off where the last one is. That's what Alabama is so good at. When you get when you get rid of Tua, well you got Mac Jones. When you get rid of Mac Jones, well you got Bryce Young, and so it just keeps going on and on and on. And a lot of and Clemson's been doing it for a long time. You got you go from like Deshaun to Trevor Lawrence and stuff like that. So it goes on and on. With Coastal, I don't know if I could take a if I could necessarily say that when Grace McCall leaves, this program is going to be the same. I don't know that. And so knock on wood, but if Grace McCall, God forbid, ever like got hurt in the entire next six games. Would it go to like uh, Guest or Carpenter? I don't know. Like, if we go eleven and one or ten and two or anything like that. So for that, it's not any knock on them because I don't know. That's an, it's because of the uncertainty. I will give it an A. If it was just Grayson McCall, because I know what we're dealing with, A plus. I've seen moments from these guys, but I haven't seen enough to be like, yep, this guy right here is gonna. It, Yep, right here. This, we can go eleven and one with this guy. So I'll give them an I'll give them an A just because of the uncertainty. But I do put, but I do think it's a very good quarterback group. I do think they're very reliable to keep Coastal and the positives as far as a record. 
But as far as the group, I got to give it an A just because of uncertainty. That's fair. Um, I think in the few guest appearances that we've gotten, I wasn't intending that as a pun. I really, truly mean that. Out of Jared Guest, he hasn't looked spectacular. But he doesn't need to. He's got Grayson McCall in front of him. And for that, I keep my grade A+. We move to what some people describe as the quarterbacks of the defense, the linebacking crew. This is a group that is all new. The sheriff and the mayor are gone. Coming into this season, we had middle-of-the-road expectations. We were expecting them to at least play well. We weren't expecting superstars. We weren't expecting, you know, all Sunbelt appearances. But we were expecting consistent good play, and we haven't gotten it. I mean, JT Killen has been okay in spurts, but the rest of the group has been middling to non-existent to straight up bad. Jordan, I'll come to you first on this one. What's your grade for this linebacking crew? Yeah, uh, I give the I give them a, a C minus just because of the play. You know, JT Killen, he's come in pretty solid this year. I mean, he's had some games where he hasn't really made big plays. Actually. Some broken tackles have happened on him, and he's gotten injured some as well. But, you know, outside of that, I mean, I think that, you know, Shane Bruce came in, wasn't really that talented of a, you know, linebacker. He's had somewhat of a average season. He hasn't really had big up, uh, expectations for him as well. But, I mean, outside of that, this we really haven't seen much out of this linebacker group. You know, they haven't had any big plays to where, you know, big hits, things like that, causing turnovers. I got to see more out of this group. And hopefully, you know, we'll see more. But I have this group, you know, we got some time left and hopefully we can see more out of these guys. But I expect more out of these guys and, you know, everybody else that does until Nation as well. So. Yeah, I mean, the thing that really sticks out to me is we don't really have, other than JT Killen, I don't see many true linebackers. A lot of guys that get roped into this group, especially like on our official stats and everything, are guys like Trey Pickney, in my opinion, is more of a safety defensive back hybrid kind of guy. You got Jamar Brown, who does a lot of coverage. We have a lot of coverage linebackers, a lot of athletes, but I don't really think they're true linebackers. I think Tobias Fletcher's pretty good, but Adrian Hope's okay. I mean, but as a whole, yeah, I'm going to give it a C. And that goes into the fact that I don't think we have a lot of true linebackers. We don't have a lot of big dudes just in the middle of the field that are concerned with getting tackles. We have a lot of guys that can cover people, but we run a lot of zone coverage, and I don't think we use them to their full capacity as well. So, yeah, I, it's a group that doesn't really have an identity other than JT Killen. Like, I look at him, that's a linebacker. Everybody else, I'm like, I couldn't tell you who the linebackers from the safeties are. And I think it might take a couple more years of recruiting to look like that. But I mean, I don't know. A lot of these guys listed as linebackers, in my opinions, are like safeties and guys they rotate in. So yeah, I'm going to give it a C. No real clear direction with this group. I haven't really noticed any huge play from linebacker this season. And I haven't really noticed anything getting toasted by linebackers because we get hit middle outside of the field. So yeah. I'm going to give it a C. 
Yeah, I gotta agree with you, you guys as well. I gotta give it a C only because like with college, it's so tough to like determine like what a linebacker is. Like you mentioned Fletcher and ESPN got him as a safety. Josiah Stewart, they got him as a linebacker. And to me, Josiah Stewart's more of an edge guy. So like it's so hard in like college to figure out who's a linebacker and they give him all these different names, like. Um, but as far as linebackers, he said it like Killen has been like, you know, doing a really great job this year. And as far as everybody else, I just haven't heard much. Like, I just haven't heard a lot. Like, Hope has his, like, moments, but still, like, I haven't really heard a lot out of, like, linebackers. If you want to count Josiah Stewart as a linebacker, sure, like, as an edge linebacker or something like that, like, cool. But even him, like, I haven't, like, heard a lot from him. I got to give it – I got to give it a C. You know, they've had their moments and stuff. There's been games where we, you know, were, like, this deep – they've been doing a pretty good job. And there's other games where, like, they just completely, like, tanked. And it's, like, a – it's an average, in my opinion, linebacker group. And that's not to say they are average because they're because I believe they can be so much better than what they are now. But as of now, if we're going through half, like, midseason, I got to give this group a C because it, it's just, again, an up-and-down roller coaster. One one week they're good, one week they're bad, you know, one week they improved, one week they, de- they you know, decline. So. I think C's fair. Uh, I'm going to be a little bit harsher than the rest of you. I'm giving them a D, and maybe you could convince me to go D+. They haven't been good, and they haven't played linebacker. Uh, building off of what, what Josh said, and, and, and Mario, you touched on it too, they're just simply not linebackers. JT Killen is as close as we get, and the guys that we're putting there, we have to judge them on this podcast as a linebacker and as a you know, part of this grade. And they've been terrible because they're a strong safety who should be 10 yards off the ball and is forced to go up against a 300-pound offensive guard. Like, that's not fair. And it's not good, and it's cost-coastal. I mean, Old Dominion was able to run the ball at will. And that's a team that couldn't run the ball coming into that game. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that our linebackers have played terrible and they've been put in positions where they cannot succeed. I'm giving them a D. They can improve on that. It wouldn't surprise me at all if they improve on that. But right now, after this part of the season, up to now, it's a D. They're barely passing. We'll stick on the defensive side of the ball and go defensive line. Jared Clark represented the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers at Media Days for the Sun Belt. This defensive line returned the third highest sack getter in the country in Josiah Stewart. We had a couple guys transfer in that we expected big things from. You lost Gunter to the draft, and C.J. Brewer has managed to stay on an NFL roster, uh, even though he went undrafted. And this is a group that we still had high expectations, even though you were replacing those two guys. And man, they haven't lived up to it. Not even a little bit. The sack numbers are way down. The tackles for loss are way down. The impactful plays are way down. Josh, I'll come to you first on this one. Defensive line, where are you at? In terms of play, especially mixed with expectations of what we had, and the names that I can list on the defensive line, D minus. I mean, they have not been good. Our leading sack getters are Jamar Brown and JT Killen. Jamar Brown's also one of our leading interception leaders. He's part of that linebacker safety group. He's, I've seen him listed as a defensive end, a bandit type player, and I've seen him listed as a safety and a linebacker. Our defensive line is almost nowhere to be. Gerard Clark 
leads the defensive line along with Braylon Ryan, Braylon Ryan with two sacks. We are seven games into the season. Josiah Stewart had what, 12 and a half sacks last year? Let me find him on this list. Was he at one and a half sacks? I, I don't even see him right now. I mean, Amadou Fofana, I was on the sideline last weekend. That is a big MF. He is huge. Him and Gerard Clark should be plugging the run up the middle. They should be getting sacks, or at least those two should take up three dudes, and Josiah Stewart and Braylon Ryan should be out on the edge getting sacks. We don't pressure any quarterbacks. I mean, we made Charlie Rogers look like prime Peyton Manning, like we've said multiple times. I just – I can't believe it. I look at this – Kennedy Roberts, dog. Fofana, Griffin, they're all – they at least what I've seen in individual moments – they're all fantastic players, and this has everything on paper to be one of the best defensive line groups in the entire country in a team that you don't want to play. But at some point, we have to stop believing that for some reason that's going to change based on what we see, and we just they haven't played good. We don't pressure anybody. I don't know why. I couldn't tell you, but yeah, a D minus. I've been very disappointed, and shit, it wouldn't surprise me if they get finished the rest of the season, the next five games with the A minus, I mean, it would because they haven't been playing well, but this, they should be an A group. I don't know what's wrong with them. Yeah, I got to put it in, I got to put it maybe in like the D's, D plus if I'm being nice. Like Geiger too. Like Geiger has been a guy last year. I was He's seeing, a he huge would, dude too. He, he would come in. He would come in like probably he would come in and he would like make like have his moments like eat like last year. And I was thinking, man, this guy coming in next year, he's gonna be something good. And I have and he's had three total tackles this entire year. Like Gerard Clark, like he hasn't like really been living up to like expectations or whatever, but he is the only reason why this this group is not an F. He does have two sacks, so I gotta give him some type of credit on that, but like. Yeah, D maybe, D like D plus if I'm being nice, honestly, because like this, most of the pressure has been coming from linebackers. Most of the like, you know, like most of these defensive plays that have been being made and clutch moments have been from like, you know, secondary, like we said, opportunistic. But this defensive line, like I just haven't seen it. You know, there's been games where they had like good run, like like the running games, like for the other teams hasn't been great. But again, I feel like a lot of that is linebackers. I feel like a lot of that is like, those types of groups as well. I just, this defensive line, they're not, and on top of that, the fact that I can't even determine like which group between the linebackers and the defensive line is stopping these runners shows me that this defensive line is not doing anything above and beyond to even stick out on film or stick out on the screen. So for that alone, like it's nothing special. I'm giving it like a D. Yeah. And real quick before Jordan goes, Fofana, Gerard Clark, and Geiger are all listed at six foot four. Fafana's two fifty five, and the other ones are three hundred pounds plus. We talk about there not being the size, maybe at the linebacker position. You can't even say that size isn't the issue at defensive line because we have three of the biggest dudes in the entire country sitting down there, and just further, just blasphemous that we can't get four sacks, five sacks a game. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm gonna give him an F. I feel like you guys have being a little too nice by giving them a D, D minus. I'm giving them an F because expectations for this unit were 
very high before the season started. You know, we had Gerard Clark going to New Orleans for media day and, you know, he hasn't stepped up and done his part really, you know, and, you know, Josiah Stewart was up there with Will Anderson at Alabama as one of the best, you know, in college football. And he hasn't really done much this year either. Um, you know, Jaquan Griffin, he hasn't done much of anything. Uh, Manuel Johnson, he hasn't done much. And then you talk about uh, Fofana, you know, he's he's had spurts, but he hasn't really been that guy either. And we all talked about how good he was going to be coming into the season. Hasn't seen much out of him. And then you had uh, Travis Geiger Jr. coming from, I believe, Georgia, Georgia Tech. He transferred in from Georgia Tech, I believe. And he hasn't done much either. So, you know, it's, it's, it's disappointing. This unit has the guys and we have the players to get sacks and get quarterback hits. And we're not getting a lot of, if any, quarterback hits or any sacks from this unit. I don't even think we have 10 sacks as a unit. All the all the guys that we have, I don't even think we have 10 sacks all together on the season. And we're already seven games into the season. So, you know, this this particular one has to do the most out of each group that we've given a grades for because you guys these guys are are big and huge and they're not even getting sacks on or hits on these quarterbacks that we're playing. And we're gonna need that going down the stretch. And it's just disheartening. I, I gotta see more out of this group. You got, we got, you got to show me something. I got to say, I've said it today. You got to show me something. Yeah, I'm going to give them an F as well. They've been terrible. Uh, we expected Josiah Stewart to be something special and potentially be one of the players of the year in college football coming back, um, building off of a sensational true freshman season. You have 12 and a half sacks there. What's to stop you from getting 15 this year? And then your junior year, you get 17 or 18 and you go nuts and you're a first round draft pick. And instead, we've gotten one and a half sacks. We've gotten almost no tackles for loss. As a group, this group has been pitiful. I mean, we talked about it with the linebacker group, how they've gotten bullied in the run game. So is this off this defensive line. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, Josh just typed in, in our, our chat here while we're in the call, and he's like, at one point we were worried that Josiah Stewart was too good for Coastal and would transfer out to play group of five. Uh, wow. N- not at all. Not at all. Correct. He meant power five. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, power five. He's not good enough <laughs> to do that. <laughs> I mean... I think this group can improve... But I don't see it happening. This is the first group that I think they are what they are. I don't see where the growth comes from, other than a, a coaching change or a change of system and scheme. I don't see where where something new or in something incredible happens where, where they improve and become better than they are now. Do they finish the season as a D instead of an F? Potentially, probably. Anything higher than that is going to be hard. We move to the last position group, at least on field. We've got one more after that. Offensive line. We started off the season after the Army game by giving Bill Durkin the game ball there, Mr. Mario. Ever since then, this offensive line has been the worst offensive line I have seen at Coastal Carolina. They've been terrible. 
they have been cocky in the wrong situations and it's cost us yardage. They have been bad at protecting one of the best quarterbacks and best players in group of five. The only reason that we have six wins instead of six more losses than the one we have is because Grayson McCall is great on the run. If he wasn't able to sling the ball 30 yards on a dime while running away from four guys, this team wouldn't be anywhere close to where they are. It's pitiful. And I don't think Bill Durkin should have his job anymore. I think enough is enough. We've said this for two years now on this podcast. This offensive line can be one of the best in the country. Maybe not country, but group of five at least. And it never is. It straight up never is. And I'm done with the excuses. I'm done with, oh, well, blah, blah, this, that. No. Enough. Enough. Bill Durkin shouldn't have a job. This offensive line gets an F. Mario, where are you with this offensive line? Um, all right. So, first of all, Bill Durkin, I'm disappointing you, man. You know, I gave you a game ball and you just don't like, you, you don't like, you don't take my feelings into consideration and be like, you know what, Mario has trust in me. Let me like prove him right at least. Let's do that. So, Bill Durkin, I'm kind of pissed about that. I'm going to give them a D minus. And the only reason why I'm going to give them a D minus is because Grayson McCall miraculously hasn't been injured. That's why. Simple as that. If he got injured, it's an F. Thank God this man, knock on wood, like, he, he keeps it going. But thank God this man is still healthy. Like, I don't, I don't understand it because this offensive line, I don't understand what their problem is. And the sad part is they're bigger. Like, we talked about the Mighty, Ma- the mighty Mice being, like, short and sh- like short and stumpy and shit. But, like, for the most part, like, they had their struggles, but, like, they did okay. This offensive line is bigger, and I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Curtis, but in the beginning, before the season started, we had somewhat high hopes for this offensive line. Well, like, the bigger, they might not have a problem, like, getting, like, completely, like, ran through. But gosh, like, they got worse, and I don't get it. You guys are physically bigger. You should be physically more athletic than the last group, yet you're not. And yet you're letting Grayson McCall run for his life like, like he's in some type of horror movie. Like, I don't get it. We, like, this can't keep happening. Like, oh, and Bill Durkin, you got to fix something. The problem with a lot of these, we'll get to the coaches. I'm not even going to say nothing right now. But, yeah, overall, D minus. If you got hurt, I would have gave him an F. That's the only reason why I got a D minus. Yeah, there's, there's two stats that are on the box score that stand out to me that just show how rough this offensive line has been. And first is 13 sacks on Grayson McCall. And you're like, two sacks a week, that's not good at all. But it's not the worst I've ever seen. And then you move down to the rushing attempts. And I'll I'll go back to last week against Old Dominion. I saw one potential design run for Grayson McCall. And he finished with 12 rushing attempts. And only one of those was designed, which means 11 times. He's having to scramble, or not really even scramble, but just get back to the line of scrimmage. He had negatively 20 rushing yards last week. He has 59 attempts on the season for an average of 2.5 yards per carry. That is not who Grayson McCall is, and that's not indicted on Grayson McCall at all. That's him running for his life trying to get back to the line of scrimmage and not lose any yards. They call it a rushing attempt because 
he gets back a lot of scrimmage. Other than that, it's a sack. I mean, he's had to run for his life. Like you said, it's it's miraculous that he hasn't been injured back. I mean, he's had a couple scares. He's they better get him something nice for Christmas or insurance or something for his career. I'm glad he's making his NASCAR money now, but I mean, yeah, it's been it's been tough to watch. We haven't had much time to set up passes. I mean, some we in the the worst part is is that some weeks it's abysmal, some weeks it's okay. One week it was great, but it's been great one time. That's the only time. I mean, it's been a problem every week. And well, and we also need really to point know. out that it was great against Army, who's one of the worst teams in FBS this season. They're pitiful. Exactly. They're, they're bottom five. I, I forget what publication does it, but they post their like bottom 25 as like a parody of the top 25. Army has been yeah. consistently in the top 10 of that, meaning they're one of the 10 worst teams in FBS. You know what they did last week, though? They beat ULM by 24 points. That's all I'll say. Oh, imagine that. <laughs> But, Imagine what it's yeah. like to beat a high school team like you should. Right. So to go on that, yeah, the Army game it got blown out of proportion because we're preparing for it all off season. It's a big name opponent. I mean, we went in there, and I think at that time those teams were good. I think at that time Army was okay at least. But, yeah, this offensive line is just, I don't know, man. Like you said, they're bigger, they're better, they're supposed to be. They're not. That's all I got to say. F. Minus, minus. If there was, if there was a grade under F, I would give them that because that's how bad they are. Like they are the epitome of dog. Going shit. back to elementary school when they gave like ends for needs improvement or something I'm like that you. when they didn't want to give an F. I'm telling you, Bill Durkin, go ahead and just take all your gear, take your whistle, take take it all, take it off, take it off. Go go to go to Chad Will's office and take it off. Give it to him. Resign now. You are horrible. You are horrible. We sat up here on this podcast trying to defend you. Curtis was the only one that used to talk bad about you. We would be the ones sitting here trying to protect you. We ain't protecting you no more. You are horrible. You are, you, by God, UMass doesn't even want you. You are horrible. God almighty. Willie Lampkin, you have disappointed me in so many ways. You got preseason honors for i don't even know how i don't know how you know i I guess you thought you were better than what you were you're you're not you're not that good you know i i guess the the only one who's played pretty well uh, at times has been you know Danell wilson that's it you know everybody else will make i mean mcdonald he's horrible too he's not is that his name will mcdonald I'm not trying to be rude here. Penalty bros right there. Yeah, dude. The straight-up personal foul brothers right there. And Antoine Loper, my God. I mean, there are times I want to go through the TV screen and just – he he gets penalties, and we have so much big, so many big plays. And he'll do something, and it brings us all the way back. And I just – I don't know about this unit. I don't know. And Grayson gets gets hurt against Georgia State, and we're we're over here. I'm falling out of the chair in the living room, and it's all because of the line because the man's running for his life. I just I don't know what to say about this unit. It, it pisses me off because we thought you know we thought they were going to be a little bit better than last year, and, and it just Bill Durkin, you need to 
I would say fix this, but you can't fix this. This is a mess you can't fix, man. You just you need to just resign. Get Chadwell to bring somebody else in and fix this because you can't fix this. I don't know what to tell you. This is 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 under an F. You know, the, the defensive line is bad, but this is worse. And I just all I got to say. I think this offensive line would be better just without a coach, straight up. Like I I don't know what Bill Durkin is teaching them, but it's not right. So I think not getting taught at all is an improvement on that. Because it's just it's pitiful. It's pitiful. And you said it there perfectly. You 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 were like, oh, Antoine Lopez had so many penalties on big plays. Think about that for a second. The only time we get big plays is when the offensive line commits holding. Because that's the only time they can give Grayson McCall more than a second and a half in the pocket. It's pitiful. It's terrible. It's disappointing. And we didn't expect to have Alabama's offensive line this season. We didn't expect to have a vintage Wisconsin offensive line where they had five, you know, future NFLers on it. We expected a good, decent offensive line that could keep Grayson McCall upright and could support the running back trio that we were expecting to bring back that we didn't. But even now, the guys that have stepped up create running lanes for them. We haven't done that. They've been pitiful. All they've been good for is about 30 to 35 yards in penalties at a minimum every game. That's it. We ranted and raved on Bill Durkin in that last segment. Prepare yourself for the rest of the coaching staff. Give me a grade for Jamie Chadwell, the head coach, and give me a grade for the rest of the coaching staff. We'll separate them because I think they deserve to be separated. Josh, we'll come to you to start on this one. Two grades here. One for Jamie Chadwell, one for the rest of his staff. I'm going to give Jamie Chadwell a B. Um, I'm not sure. I'm very interested to see what you guys have to say about it. But I just feel like at times this team hasn't been as focused as I would like them to be. Listen, I, I don't I'm, don't think I'm not coming out here and giving him credit for doing what – being 6-1, and one, returning whatever – three, four starters. Like, that's incredible. That's impressive. But with what we have and what we know we can do, I just think that there's definitely been opportunities for him to get more out of this team. And that's not all, all on him. That's partially on the rest of the coaching staff as well. So I think Jamie Tadwell's done a good job. I think he's done a good job mitigating distractions, especially about him leaving for the most part. There hasn't been much chatter about that. He's done good. He hasn't done great. He hasn't done terrible, so I'm going to give Jamie Chadwell a B. And he's a good guy to fall back on, too. He's very good at when we lose, being that guy to take responsibility. He doesn't put it on anybody else. So especially if, like after the old Dominion game, Jamie Chadwell stepped up big, and I, I, I do like what he's done this season. And then as far as the rest of the coaching staff, I'm going to give him a C-. minus. I mean, I just – I don't think that – there's so many units that I think potential-wise – you see potential-wise and you see production, and they're just not aligning at all. And especially on defense, I mean, we've got studs on defense. We have athletes and that can be making plays if they're put in the right positions, if we run the right schemes. I, I really don't think it's a particular guy on defense. I don't think it's Josiah Stewart's fault necessarily they just have 10 sacks already. I think that our coaching staff hasn't put these guys – in the, they don't know what to do with what they have. 
And I think that's kind of been the mantra of the season and why we're not blowing some teams out or why we lost Old Dominion. They just don't know how to use the inventory that they have, which is what a coach's job is. So I'm going to give the rest of coaching staff C minus. And I'm really, the offense has been fine. It's been good. It's been with what we lost. It's been better than I expected, honestly, especially nationally wise, but the defense, you got to know what you have. And I just haven't seen that. Yeah. Josh, did you say, did you say C minus or D minus? I'm sorry. Did you say C minus? I give him a C minus. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um. So coach Chadwell, I give you, I give him an A, you know, he's, we're still pretty much in the same boat that we were, and, you know, we're pretty much, you know, six and one. It's not bad. You know, could have been a lot worse considering the injuries and the considering the circumstances of everything that's going on during the season. So I give him an A. Um, I give this coaching staff a D minus because, um, you know, the offense line is, is crap. Um, you know, the, the defense line is is horrible. I mean, the only thing you could say positive is, you know, the punting game and um the punting game's actually gotten a lot better. You know, we talked about the greatness of Charles Oberson. <laughs> and uh now we got, you know, an all American coming in and uh, now he's uh, doing a lot better uh than Charles Oberson is and um, you know, kicking game has gotten a lot better as well. Um, but we got to do a lot better. I mean, Chad Staggs, he kills me, man. He he doesn't know when to make adjustments. When he does make adjustments, it's only one. And he doesn't know the coverages, the right coverages to put our players in. And um, it just it's, – it's disheartening and it's frustrating at times. And at times I feel like, you know, Chad Staggs, if he doesn't get his stuff together, you know, he might be needing to leave as well because, you know, this defense could be something great. This offensive line could be something great, and it's not, and it's – it's frustrating at times. So I give this a D minus and, you know, coach Chadwell for what he's done with the program. I give him an A. Um, I'm going to make this kind of quick. So offensive coaching staff, I give him a B. I try not to dock him down too much because of that pitiful offensive line. I think for Grayson McCall to do all the extra, extra stuff he's been doing for the running backs to somehow find a way to have decent, like decent game so far. I got to give them a B for that because I feel like they're doing above and beyond just to do that. So I'll give them a B defensive coaching staff. Give them like a C minus maybe like, you know, like just not anything that great, fantastic. Uh, special teams. I give them like a B. I think they've been pretty decent. I'll get, I'll, I'll go. might sound a little harsh. I'll give Jamie Chadwell a B minus. I'm going to give Jamie Chadwell a B minus. And it's something against him. Nothing against him, but I feel like as the head, I feel like as the head of this entire coaching staff, something's got to give. We got to put, like, he has to rally these guys together. He has to fix something. Like, I mean, he, like, something, he's got to adjust something. The problem with this coaching staff, in my opinion, is I feel like all of them are so traditional that they're stuck in their old ways. And they don't want to try something new. Like, like, Curtis mentioned it, too. Like, when we were talking about how, like, Old Dominion, um, kicked our asses and he was like because god forbid they want to try something new god forbid they want to you know change and that's the thing i feel like they're so traditional that they won't and you can blame that on the offensive side you can blame it on the defensive side but at the end of the day jamie chadwell is that head and i feel like he's gotta let them know be like hey look i may not be like 
the greatest defensive coach or whatever, but I can tell you this right now, that ain't working. Hey, I may not be an offensive line coordinator, but I can tell you right now, that's not working. Go change that. As the head coach, you need to speak up about that stuff. And again, maybe he is, and they're not listening. Whatever the case may be, maybe he's not. But overall, I look at it all, and it's at a B minus. We've done pretty good for like the injuries that we've had. Like Curtis said, it could have been a lot worse. But you know what? We were we had high expectations in a lot of these games, and a lot of these games they didn't live up to those high expectations. So as far as coaching wise, I'm I'm gonna give him like a B. I'm gonna give him probably like a B minus. Not like a terrible one. It's like an 83, 84, which I think is a decent grade for Jamie Chadwell, to be honest, like with everything going on. So I'll do I'll do that. 84. So I know I asked for two grades here. I'm going to give three. The first is for Jamie Chadwell, the head coach. Jamie Chadwell, the head coach, gets like a B-minus-ish. He hasn't kept the team focused. I think he's been distracted himself. I think he hasn't put his players in positions to succeed. You said it right there, Mario. If you're the head coach and you see that an offensive line group isn't working, you go over to Bill Durkin, you grab him by the collar of his shirt, and you say, get that guy the hell out of there and put in a guy that we know we can trust and play. He hasn't done that. He's just let it slide. So for that, I give him a B-. minus. I think he's keeping the program moving in the right direction, if that makes sense. But I also think he's terrified of change. He's had a coaching staff for the last two years that have worked, and they've gotten great results. But this is a team that is completely different from the last two, and they haven't adjusted at all. They've just said, ah, we're just going to run the same thing. It's not working, and they've got to do something. Jamie Chadwell, the offensive coordinator, gets a D. And that's where my, my, my extra grade comes from, is Jamie Chadwell, the play caller, is terrible this year. We used to have one of the most creative, most explosive, best offenses in the country, and we just don't anymore. And I think a lot of it has come down to the fact that he wants to run power, and he wants to run zone, and we can't do it because we don't have the offensive line, but he's going to keep trying, goddammit. We're going to run the ball 41 times a game and take the ball out of the best quarterback, the best player in the group of five. Why? I know he's only going to have two seconds to pass because the offensive line is terrible, but that's two seconds where he can at least do some damage. The run game isn't. Stop calling that shit. Stop it. Do something. Every time we go deep, I've said it over and over again, we do not go deep enough. Every time we go deep, it ends up something good. Pass interference, touchdown, gain 40 yards. Keep going deep. Do something interesting. Do something fun. Do something good for once. Jamie Jamie Chadwell, the offensive coordinator, gets a D. The rest of the coaching staff give him an F. I'm done with this. I'm done with this. We we went on and on about how Bill Durkin is toast. If that guy's our our offensive line coach next season, we riot. Straight up, like we're we we opened up. We're gonna get to that at the end of the podcast, but we're starting to sell like merch. That's straight up gonna be the T-shirt that I put in the merch shop. Is fire Bill Durkin. And I'll wear it proudly to every single home game next season. I will stand right outside of the player's tunnel when they are coming out. Right at him, staring at him. Because he does not deserve to be there anymore. Nor does Chad Staggs. Chad Staggs had the Black Swarm two years ago. Last year's defense wasn't good either. They just had enough athletes to make it work. Now that those athletes are gone, he keeps running the same system, and we keep getting our asses kicked. 
Thank God we have Grayson McCall on the other side of the ball to keep up. But when you play a competent team, as you saw with Old Dominion, we can't keep up. We can't keep scoring 70 points a game. But I don't know. I, I just The rest of this coaching staff is terrible. We need change. We need something to, to happen here. And, and I get it. Maybe Coastal Carolina doesn't have the money to fire people midseason. That's, that's a valid criticism of a group of five school. But if there aren't changes come the end of this season, regardless of what our record is, we've seen what this team is. We've seen how this team plays. There's going to be a mutiny, and I'm going to be the person in charge. I will gladly take that mantle. I will gladly be the pariah who stands up and boos when they run out of the tunnel. Not at the players, but at Chad Staggs and at Bill Durkin. Enough is enough. We've seen what we've seen. We know what we know. It's over. Enough. With that, and with that little tirade that I went on, I do want to say that we have merch. A link will be in the bio. Um, It is our first attempt at merch. Uh, It is a shirt specially dedicated to the blackout that is coming to Conway for the Appalachian State game. You're going to want to get your orders in pretty quickly because we don't have a guarantee on when they'll ship. We expect them to be here before the uh, App State game, but don't wait till like a day before because there's almost no way. (laughs) That being said, we tried to price them as as efficiently and and economically as possible. Um, So we're not going to be ripping you off, but they are good t-shirts. They've got great designs. Shout out to Josh for that. Uh, He designed our new logo. He designed those shirts himself. Like they're spectacular. Uh, So grab one of those. Again, the link will be in the bio. Uh, Follow us on Twitter at the Shant show on Instagram at Shant show. Give us your grades. You don't have to go through every position group like we did. Just, you know, pick a couple off the top quarterback, a, you know, running backs, a whatever you want to do. Just, just let us know. Send us in questions. We will have two more episodes this week. We will have a national roundup and a pregame episode looking at the Marshall game coming up. So, uh, you know, keep your ears out, and uh, we'll be back with you soon, guys. Until then, Sean's up. Sean's up.